Thank you for listening to the Grace Harvest Church podcast. For more information, go to graceharvestchurch.org. Well, my name is Raul Figueroa. I'm one of the pastors here. I'm glad to be with you this morning. And I have the special privilege this morning to speak to you on Father's Day, and I'm really excited about that. And so I just want to say first and foremost, happy Father's Day, amen? And, um, and grandfathers, for those of you that are that as well. I just joined the club about three weeks ago, and so, you know, I'm dovetailing that as well and learning what that means, and so excited about that. If you've got a Bible, if you would open up to Malachi chapter 4, uh, verse f- uh, Five. We'll go to the end and just just leave your marker there, electronic device. Um, we'll get to that in a minute. Father's Day. You know, last year, um, twenty twenty two, I had the opportunity to speak on Father's Day. And have any of you guys ever experienced when you come to a subject or a topical matter, uh, you've been given an assignment and you start digging into the subject, it begins to stir something in you. Anyone? Like you begin to like, oh, Father's. Well, that, that was my journey last year, Father's Day. Uh, my experience growing up, I, I realized last year, never lent to the idea that I celebrated Father's Day in the way that others who had fathers present celebrated Father's Day. Uh, It was um, a dovetail experience. I just joined whoever was celebrating their father, and I would just hang out with my friends, and they would do the thing, and then we'd eat the food, right? Like, so that was my experience. It wasn't this intimate, personal understanding of having a, a father relationship, father in the home that was absent and foreign to me, that was not my experience. And my, my understanding of what it, what it meant to be a father uh, reached a, a particular age and an environment that I grew up in. And then we were gone, and it was stunted from there. And, and, um, but, but I want to say that God is good, amen, and that he doesn't leave us the way he finds us, amen, and that it's his heart to heal and to restore and renew. And the, and the Lord gave me surrogates gave me men who had it in their heart to father me and to show me what it was to be a father. Uh, yes, a few of them even spanked me. And, and I look back on that and I think knowing what I know now um, and looking back on that journey, I'm so grateful that they stepped out to do the thing that was needed in my life at the moment. Um, happy Father's Day. You know, this is a great opportunity to reflect on being a father, having a father, being a witness to what it is to be a father in the life of children, whether you had a father or not. You know, the Bible speaks on fatherhood, and when it speaks on the topic of fatherhood, it speaks much about the idea of honor and respect and to esteem, right? Are you tracking? Like there's a lot of scriptures about this idea that we should honor father and mother. Father being one part of that. In fact, the scripture, it's so much part of the heart of God that, that young people, children, offspring would esteem their parents that it's right in the Ten Commandments, right? Are you tracking? Um, I've often used the text on my own children as they're growing up. You know, guys, here's what the scripture says. It's one of the Ten Commandments. God loves you so much. He told you that you should honor your father and mother. It's the only one with the linked promise in this way that it will be well with you 
I still remind him to this day. I've been blessed to have my own children respond in the way that they think through that part. And I've often even said you can get a lot of things wrong in people's lives. Get a lot of things wrong. But you get one thing right in my observation and the promise of God still flows. And so we talked through that and so I encourage, so the Bible speaks much on, on fatherhood. I've had the privilege to be a part of understanding what that means even in my arrival here at Grace Harvest Church. I'm just giving you a little backstory. Today is not about me, but it is about God and it is about his journey and it is about his play in your life and what that means. And so part of that is me linked with you and those who have gone before, amen? And so I remember our arrival here at this church and remember my experience with fatherhood was stunted until we left. And then it was fragments, message fragments of what I would see in people's lives and, and watch children and families play and, and interact. And then I arrived here and, and watching families in a godly way interact. Families show what it meant to be um, a husband, a wife, a father, a mother, and interact with children. And then I became the youth pastor here at Grace Harvest Church and got to step into the world of families. And, and I, I do have one big takeaway in this, and that is that um, my experience has led me to believe now even more so that families are holy. Like the family unit, it's holy. Like it's not this thing to be messed with or played with or, or dealt frivolously with. Like it's holy. And stepping into that understanding as a youth pastor, when families invited us in, my wife and I, into situations with their young people. And I remember sitting there oftentimes thinking, what am I doing here? And recognizing that the authority of parents and what's been delegated to them and flows through them from God to their children should not be messed with or meddled too much. And so my takeaway, and so understanding that like the Bible speaks about fatherhood and it brings much honor and respect and estimation. So this morning again, I just want to say, fathers, we honor you this morning. We honor, we honor fathers, the natural way fathers. We honor fathers who step into the lives of others as stepfathers. You know, the heart of God is that there would be fathers to the fatherless or to those who would step in and provide a fathering guidance to those who lack. I was one of them and I say thank you for all the men who ever took the time to say something into my life that would steer me, correct me, challenge me, affirm me, encourage me, all of those words. That's the godly way. Now, I recognize on this journey, we talk about Father, Happy Father's Day, fatherhood, and I recognize immediately, it's one of the things that came up in me, is not all fathers are good fathers. And even saying the idea of Happy Father's Day in some people conjures up the past in ways that, I'm not trying to conjure up or meddle with or even stir anything up that shouldn't be stirred up. But it also moves in people some things about contrast. They were this and I will be this. And fathers, happy Father's Day. My own experience lends me into the idea 
then my own experience was not a good experience. And so, because we're people, I believe there are many here that have that experience. Fathers aren't perfect. Fathers get it wrong. But we're going to look today at an aspect of the heart of God for his people. In the book of Malachi, the last book of the Old Testament, there's some intimate words that have been shared about the heart of God on this particular topic. Malachi, it gives us guidance. It's the last uh, book of the Old Testament. It's a minor prophet, considered a minor prophet, in that he spoke to the nation of Israel, not as an authoritative, but as a, as a peer. And he was speaking the heart of God to people that the Lord would speak through him. And Malachi had, has several thematic elements in it. That God deserves the best that the people have to offer. That the Lord was calling his people to give, not the rotten gifts, but the healthy ones. Like give what they could in a way that was out of a, out of a heart of joy and not a, out of a heart that was grumbling. Malachi had a call to the people and the nation of Israel, give the best that you have to God. In an attempt to steer them and see if they'll respond to what God was saying. Second, they they must be willing to change their wrong way of living. Malachi spoke in a time uh, not much like ours, very similar to ours, not much has changed in that people are people. Right? Just think about this for a moment. Just think about the time we live in, in our time, the nation of Israel was going through its own upheaval as well, its own rejection of the commands of God, its own contemplation of what it means to, to live under the commands of God, but do you know your own thing or be mediocre in the ways that God would, would, would ask of you to be. And so Malachi was saying, hey, when confronted with the good word, change. That's what God's asking you to do change. Listen to what he's saying. Embrace it. Let it absorb into you and then make the, make the decision to live another way according to the precepts of God. Malachi's call. Live this way. Malachi has a theme embedded in there that they should make family a lifelong priority. The nation of Israel also suffered from absent fathers. Fathers who would father families and then for whatever human reason would be gone. The idea of Malachi was saying, fathers, you have families. They are your lifelong charge. Lean into them. Do the God thing there. This is the command of God that they should be ready for God continuing to meddle in the processes of their lives. God wasn't absent. He was present. And his desire was to move people in, in the way of God to fashion and shape them so that their lives honored and glorified God. There's some great thematic elements in the, in the, the, the few cha- several chapters that are in Malachi. There's a lot packed there. They're, they're, they're pungent with power. Like you read the words and in shorts, like three sentences, you're like, whoa, whoa. The concept of God here is powerful. And so we have this book that ends with two verses, minor prophet, nestled right in there before the silence of God for 400 years. Now think about this. Think about this. 
we believe that God doesn't do anything by accident, very purposeful, knows all things, looks into it, has a plan. So we can help but think that Malachi, in the way that it's nestled right in the Bible, right at the tail end of the Old Testament, the last two verses before 400 years of silence, what message would be left for people that is intimate and powerful? We do the same thing in in practicality in our own lives. We're getting ready to leave or go somewhere. Think about the message that you leave with people at our house when you're ready to depart and you go anywhere, even maybe like across the street. Like you open the door and the next thing you're going to hear is, okay, bye, love you. Bam, door closes and they're out. What message do you leave when you know that you're leaving? Or we get ready for a trip and you know, everything's packed and, and we want to leave the most important thing with people. What are they going to be left with as I depart? Man, love you guys. Have a great time while I'm gone. Just enjoy, okay? Love you guys. See you. Get in the vehicle. Driving. Love you. Come on. Am I the only one? I mean, we all have this sense. Like, what message are we leaving with the people that we love? And so, so here we are. God is leaving a message. And so what does he say? What does he say? Let's read. Malachi chapter 4, verse 5 and 6. It says, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. And the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with the decree of utter destruction. He ends by declaring to the nation of Israel that the most powerful thing he's about to do is send his son in the power of Elijah, and that the thing that he's going to do is heal their hearts. Come on, somebody say amen. Like, like the, the, the impetus, the, the promise, the thing that he's going to fulfill in humanity. I'm about to send my son to heal the hearts of my people. Amen. And the outcome of that is going to be fathers. Your hearts are going to turn to your children. And children, your hearts are going to turn to your fathers. Wow. Wow. You see, it's the heart of God that he would know that what it takes in relationship is going to be this God-ordained institution called Father is broken, right? Now, now I, I, I want to honor all the fathers here who, who and, and, and anywhere, who have leaned into the idea of what it means to be a dad. I, I, I can submit to you that I had no idea what it meant to be a dad until my oldest was held in my hands. And all of a sudden, all these thoughts and emotions, and I'm holding him and I'm realizing, how could I ever abuse you? My life, it's got added purpose. Come on, right? Like I'm, I'm like, God was doing something in my heart. I was having my eyes open to revelation of what it means to be a father. Like, oh my word. Okay, Lord, with your help, we will never go hungry. Is this the heart of a father? We'll have a roof over our head. I will be present as often as I can. 
unlike the very example that I had been given. God, you're do, you've done something different in this natural man's heart. You've gave me a revolution and a revelation that, God, you're good. And you're out to heal and make crooked paths straight. Come on, right? Like, I'm talking to fathers, like this idea about what it means to be a dad. And, and you, 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 you begin to understand, like, whoa, there is my future is packed in his future. Come on, somebody. Like, like, I want them to stand on my shoulders. So I'm going to lay as best a foundation as I can. And, and then it struck me. I don't know that I know how. Right? Like, I, it was never modeled to me. I don't know that I know how. It's, it's something that, but, but, but God had an answer to that. And God's answer was he knitted us into a family called Grace Harvest Church. And in this family were a people group who could demonstrate with their lives what it meant to be a father. I, I, I would look around and I remember hanging out with, with families and I would look around and, and unbeknownst to them, I was watching. I was watching families have newborns. I'm like, oh, that's how he holds this kid. Right? I mean, you're going to hear, it's like, it sounds funny, but it's like, oh, look, look at him swing. That, oh, that's, that's cute. But look how he's throwing him in the air. <laughs> I can do that, right? And then all of a sudden, like a revelation of what it meant to be a father began to play out. It's like, I'm going to model. How does he do that? Okay, he gets three warnings and then, oh, that. Okay, we can do this. Like, like, like we're on to this. And then all of a sudden, I begin to see my, my own kids grow up. And, and, I, and I knew that I was wired a particular way. But at times, I came to the end of myself. And I didn't know what to do as a man. Come on, somebody. Amen. Like, Right? Even though it's been modeled to me, church people, there are times innate inside of me, the lacking, but God's heart for his people is he is never going to leave us alone. The Holy Spirit is present and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, right? It will divide between bone and marrow. Like his help is ever present in our time of need. And I, I remember regularly asking God, I need your help. I don't know what to do next. And I, I honor fathers here this morning because I recognize that to be a father who leans into the idea of what it means to be a father means that you have many times gone above and beyond even your own limits to try to feel this thing that you think needs done. There's no manual for your own life, right, in that. Like Figueroa was wired a particular way by my upbringing. Insert your last name. Insert your experience. Insert the shortfalls or the excesses of what it meant to have a father and what it means to be a father. I, I honor you. I honor you for leaning in as fathers and husbands who have been faithful to the call of what it means to be a husband and a father. You, you've stuck it through. You've endured the hard times. You've said, I'm not leaving. I'm 
present. I'm going to see this thing through. My offspring will be cared for. I honor that. I honor the idea that fathers and the commitments that you've made to make provision for your household meant that many, many times gone, away from events, your bodies, your mind, your soul bears the marks of a father needing to make the sacrifices for his family. I honor you. I honor that. It's totally biblical and scriptural that you would go out to do the things so that there would be a return, so that your family could be blessed. Amen? I honor that. The Lord honors that. It's the heart of God that you would, you would carry that mantle and that you would honor him by displaying that to your family, that it's a lifelong commitment. See, the Lord knows our hearts. In fact, the Lord measures our hearts. He knows. He w- Don't look on the outside. Scripture says, I look on the inside. And it's this heart thing that carries on. Men, I esteem you. I esteem you for doing the thing. For doing the thing and the realization. And I want to remind you that you have what it takes to be the father God has wired you to be. You have what it takes. It's inside of you. Your, your offspring, whether they're little or big, mine now happen to be in this camp. You have what it takes. You're, you're wiring. The Lord knows they bear that as well. And oftentimes I remember watching families, reading scripture and thinking, wow, how am I going to engage with my own kids? And I just remember watching some fathers here in this church. And I remember watching them and seeing them interact. And I came to the conclusion that for myself, when my kids were little, when I didn't know what to do, I knew this because I observed it in godly families. When I didn't know what to do, I would just lay on the ground and my kids would come running towards me. When I didn't know what to do, we would wrestle or tickle or play. And I was just trying to exercise this emotional way, probably out of a man who was subdued in emotion and stunted and needed healing. Come on, come on. And trying to display to my own kids what it means to be a man and and work that through. And then to model the heart of God to my kids. Men, they will see the attributes and character of God through you. They'll see it. When they read the scripture, they'll be reminded of masculine tones that he, he's referenced in and how you're wired in. And then, and then they will see attributes and will think, oh, I, I saw that in, in my dad. He, he did this and this, you know, give you a story. My, my normal routine coming home when I had kids and they were all probably in that same, there was six of them, at a, four of my own, two nephews, and they, you know, they'd come to the door and they would all be huddled at the door. They wanted one thing, to spend time with me. Like time, lay on the ground, spend time. But we had a routine. I would come home, open the door, pat them on the head, where's mom? And I would spend the first moments being home with my wife. I was showing him one thing. My wife was my wife long before I had kids. She's going to be my wife long after you kids are gone. I'm going to spend time with her. And I'm going to get your report for the day. 
And so I would spend time with my wife and we'd talk and we'd hang out. And then out of that, the kid's waiting. <gasps> because the next moment, as soon as I'm done talking, remember, I didn't know what to do often. There was a lot of kids. It's not like I could single one out and pick a favorite. There was a tribe. And I would just make my way to the living room and lay on the ground. And before you know it, we were all, bodies were flying and tickling and it was on. Until the day that I realized they've exceeded my capacity. And one of my sons came flying and I heard a crack in my back. And I realized we need to change this game. <laughs> Something happens. But, but the heart of God is that fathers would engage with their young ones. With their old ones. The heart of God is that we would demonstrate the heart of God in knowing him by knowing our children. It's like I know God. I have a relationship with you. Let me show you that, kids, but also let me get to know you as kids and show you that a father is accessible. You can come and talk. We can hang out. Fathers, I honor you, especially the ones who have taken the risk to open up to your children and to talk. One of the most vulnerable things I've ever done is when I allow my kids who are now this big to ask questions of me and my past. Scary business. Scary. They're hanging on every word. And I'm praying at every moment, Father, redeem that story. You've redeemed my life. Let them not go the same way. I, I speak words of affirmation into them and like, don't make mistakes like the proverb says, where you have to say, leave me alone, let me make my own mistakes, but learn from others, fathers, that you would demonstrate the sense of vulnerability with your children to say, I did this thing once, and here is the consequence, or the after effect, or how I met your mother. Because <laughs> those are stories, right? And they're not all negative. But it's the ability to talk through them and to lend into it and then own the mistakes that are made when they're made with your children or with your wife. Fathers, I esteem you for those who have been able to make that step to be able to pivot and to turn in that moment to say, I messed up. I apologize. That was not God. That was not healthy. That was not the thing. You will demonstrate so much in a few words of the heart of God to your family and to your kids. It's what the Lord wants. It's the heart of a father. I honor those fathers, I said this earlier, that have been able to be stepfathers, to bring in children that were not theirs and to say, I will righteously father these kids. It's the heart of God to say, I will bring the lonely in and I will make sons and daughters. I'll be their father and demonstrate God to them in a healthy way. I honor that. So if you're a stepfather here, I honor you. I honor you. It's not always easy. And there are other complications with that. But don't quit in the heart of God. And be an example of God to those children. Amen? Yes. 
Amen. You see, the heart of God, the word father in the Hebrew, it's actually translated in this idea is that you are, um, that you're a father of people, that you're a head or founder, founder of a household, group or family or clan. How do you like that? Fathers, like you're the head of a clan. I love that. Love that, that there is capacity built inside of you for a nation. Think about this. Think about this. You have a future inside of you that's to be demonstrated to the next generation. You have it. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't, don't give up. Don't give up. Don't go sideways. Don't go astray. Lean into the idea that the heart of God for you is to fulfill the legacy of family for your life. Amen? Because it's the heart of God that you would have children and they would honor you and they would have children and they would honor the generations. And as the generations speak into those lives, all of a sudden you have this continuity of the gospel that is a message to the world that God loves family, amen? And he's out to heal, and he's out to rewrite, and he's out to make crooked paths straight, all of those things. God does those things. But don't ever lose sight of the idea that God has purpose in the design of fatherhood. It's not an accident, men. You have what it takes. You have what it takes, he knows. He, and if you yield to him, he will fulfill the purposes of him through your generation. Amen. In fact, that's a promise in the Old Testament. It's a, to a nation that, 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 that there was honor and pleasure from God, that the purposes of God were done in a generation. What did that mean? It meant they honored him. They, they said, okay, Lord, show us your way. We will do what you tell us to do. We want to be a people that does what he tells us to do. Amen. And this morning, we just want to honor fathers. You have what it takes. Don't get discouraged. Don't quit. Don't give up. And be present with your family. Amen.